0: Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the Curtain Jerkers. And of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is UFC Vegas 16. We're talking about Jack Hermanson versus, well, versus somebody. He's had three different opponents. It looks like it's going to be Marvin Vittori now, but heck, by the time this hits your ears, maybe it'll be somebody different. And that's why we're going to be breaking down the... No, I'm just kidding. That's not why we're going to be breaking down the prelims. We're breaking down the prelims because this is the prelim primer. But also, if you're new to the show and you might not know what the prelim primer is, we're here to break down the prelim portion of the card because we think there's loads of value for you to find on there. If you're doing gambling or daily fantasy sports or, heck, even if you just want to enjoy those prelims and you don't know enough about the fighters, we're here for that. So, speaking of gambling and daily fantasy sports, I would be remiss if I did not mention that this episode is brought to you by AJ's Action Pack Sports Bets. You can find AJ at aj'sactionpacksportsbets.com, and he is unlike all of those other companies and guys who offer gambling advice. Because he's not just a list of fighters or teams to put down money on each week. He does so much more than that. He provides his customers with his picks, but also with an education that they can use for years to come. He does this through in-depth breakdowns that are sent right to your inbox for both gambling and DraftKings. He gives you all the tips and know-how so that you can make informed decisions and maximize your profit. You, of course, don't have to take my word for it. You can check him out at AJ'sactionpacksportsbets.com. That link is in the show notes. Or, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Betting. You won't be sorry that you did. Now, of course, in order to break down these fights on the prelim of this card, I'm going to need a savvy co-host to help me out. Joining me today from the Fixed Fight Podcast with Kurt and Ben, Kurt Chase Patrick. Kurt, thanks again for hopping on once again.
1: Always a pleasure, man. Thanks again for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. And as you guys know, we always start by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Luis Smolka versus Jose Alberto Quinanez. So Smolka got subbed by Matt Schnell, but then rebounded by beating Ryan McDonald. However, he then lost by one-arm guillotine to Casey Kenny. So he's 1-2 in his last three. Quinanez is also 1-2 in his last three. After losing to Nathaniel Wood, he bounced back with a win over Carlos Atrine and then lost to Sugar Sean O'Malley. So some pretty legit names on his resume there. My question for you to start here is Louis Smolka has been subbed in both of his last two losses, but I almost think that his his ground game might be the best route to victory here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm the same as you, man. I mean, Smolka's never been the... uh... I don't want to sound like a dick, but like the highest IQ fighter if I could say. And that's it's not that's not a slight on him. It's just that he really goes for it, uh, wherever the fight is. He's pretty damn well rounded. But yeah, although he's been submitted, I like his offensive ground game. He's good off his back, he's good in the transition. Uh yeah, I definitely agree with that.
0: And and the interesting thing here too is and I think you, you nailed it when you said I, I think I would like his offensive ground game, right? Like I, I don't like him if he winds up on his back in this fight. And in, in his takedown defense has never been great, so one of the ways that he can avoid doing that is by attacking. He can be the one who goes for that takedown first, because, I mean, you can look at, at Quinez's record. He does have submission wins, but most of them are rear-naked chokes, um, grounded pound from top game. Like, it, he's not subbing anybody off of his back, so if, you know, Smolka goes ahead and tries to be the aggressor here, he might wind up in a little bit better of a position, do you think, like you said, he, he might have some fight IQ issues? Do you think he goes that path though?
1: Yeah, I do. I I, I don't I don't think Smoka, with what uh, I don't know, twenty something fights in his career, is going to necessarily evolve and change all that much. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to come forward. I think he's going to employ the same game plan he usually does. And uh, you know, again, he's he's not he's not a fifty fifty fighter, right? But you know, he's got some great wins, some some tough losses on his record. But yeah, I think he's going to stick with that. The same sort of uh, let-it-fly game plan.
0: And how well do you see it working against somebody like Keenan Because we're just about to the end of discussing this fight. And, and you know, I, I can see a way that it works, but I can also see a way that this goes really badly for him.
1: So Canonas, like when I watched him, uh, he, he leaves himself open a lot when he strikes. They both have kind of like a tall, lanky body, but Kinona's, uh leaves himself open a lot. I actually see Smoka finishing him uh, on the feet here. I think he knocks him down and pounds him out on the ground, maybe in like the second or third round in a fun all-action fight.
0: I, I definitely agree with you that it's going to be a fun all-action fight, but I actually like Quinenes to be the one to take it to the ground first because I think you're right. I think Smolka is going to see success on the feet and it's going to cause him to hesitate to use his grappling at all. And, and like I said, he's really good offensive grappling, not so great when he's got his back on the ground. So I actually like Quinenes to probably grind him out for enough here to pick up the decision victory. And that brings us to our second fight, which is Gabriel Mobley Benitez versus Justin James. Benitez has lost two straight, but they were to Sadiq Youssef and Omar Morales. Certainly no shame in either of those losses. Justin Janes, meanwhile, picked up a quick KO win over Frank Camacho in his debut, but followed that up by getting subbed by Gavin Tucker his next time out. So, I see Janes as a guy who, when he is able to make a fight really ugly, he he winds up doing really well, but this guy's got a wrestling background, so... Which of those two avenues do you see him trying to take here against Gabriel Benitez?
1: Man, I, I you know what? When I was looking at this card, uh, I circled this one as like a possible fight of the night at the end of the night. I mean, Gabriel Benitez is all action. Um, and yeah, like you said, Justin, Justin James uh, makes it ugly, makes it sloppy, and uh, I think Gabriel Benitez is going to meet him in the middle and certainly give him the type of fight that he wants. I think it's going to be a banger of a fight.
0: I kind of hope that's the fight, too. And and like I said, Justin James, he's got a wrestling background. If you you talk to the guy, the reason he came up with his Guitar Hero nickname was because he needed a gimmick so that people wouldn't think he was boring because all he did was wrestle. So, like, it's weird to see him now as this, like, crazy puncher. But, like, I, I think that this fight winds up being more fun this way. I actually think he might even have more success if he makes it go that way, too, I guess the real question for you here, as we wind down on the first round, though, is, can he have enough success to beat Benitez here, or is even in a slugfest this not his kind of fight?
1: I like the power that James possesses, and Benitez is a tough, durable dude. But yeah, I like his power. He's got a bunch of first round finishes on his record, um, and yeah, he's got this newfound love with the uh, with the old right hand. I think uh, I think he's going to come forward, and I, I really do like Janes in this fight. And I think it's going to be a sloppy banger.
0: And we're going to differ on both of these here, because I think I'm actually going to go with Benitez, too. And also, I'm going to agree, a sloppy banger. I, I like, you know, the fact that he's lost to, you know, he's got four losses in his last six fights, but they're to, or seven fights, rather. But they're to absolute killers in, like, yeah, Yusuf and, and Andre Feely. I, I think the fact that he's been in with a lot of those guys, I mean, he went to decision with Morales. I think that just speaks a lot for his chin, so... I like him to stick in there, probably uh, hold off Jane's long enough and and land the knockout blow or even stun him and sub him uh, and pick up the win there. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with round number two. And this is just a reminder that this show is brought to you by AJ's Action Pack Sportsbets.com. Once again, that link is in the show notes. One of the awesome things that AJ does for you is that when he sends you the information, and it's not just picks, he sends you information that has pros and cons for each of the matchups. And and to me, that's the biggest thing. Because when I get gambling advice, I don't want to get gambling advice where somebody's like, yes, this is a sure thing, and then it doesn't hit. I want to know how sure they are about it. I want to know what the good parts of that matchup are, what the bad parts of that matchup are. I want to know the ins and outs. And that's exactly what AJ is doing for you. He's sending you audio content to your inbox each week that lets you know all sides of everything before you lay down that wager. And it makes you feel more confident and it definitely is going to let you know that he did his homework. I heavily suggest you doing your homework and checking them out at AJ's AJ'sActionPackedSportsVets.com. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by going with Ilya Topuria versus Damon Jackson. So Topuria ended Yusuf Zalal's hype train with a decision win back in October in his UFC debut. Damon Jackson, meanwhile, returned from five years away from the UFC. And all he did in that was submit Mirsad Bechtik with a late guillotine in kind of very surprising come-from-behind fashion. So... The, the interesting thing about this fight is I actually think both guys have a, a very similar style. They've got decent wrestling. They've got an aggressive submission game. What do you think is the game plan here? Are, are, are both of them going to try to slug it out on the feet in that kind of cancellation type matchup? Or do you see one of them having an advantage on the map?
1: So listening to Jackson, you know, after that Bektik fight, and again, what a what a way to debut with the win over Mirzad Bektik. That's crazy, especially five years out of the UFC, taking it on short notice all heaps of praise on Damon Jackson, but it seemed like he wanted to wrestle more, and he really wants to employ his grappling in his top game. So I'm thinking he goes that route, but Seporia is a good grappler himself. He's got some good defensive wrestling. I actually like Seporia a lot on the feet. Um, he definitely lost me some money in the last one. I did have uh, uh, Yusuf Zalao in a parlay, and that was the only one that didn't hit. But yeah, dude, I really like Tapori here. I think he's super well-rounded. And th- again, this is a, a fight that I really like on the undercard as well. I think it's one of the best fights on the card.
0: I, I agree with you entirely. He totally spoiled me on like eight different bets with with beating Yusuf Zawal, who I had winning that fight. But the thing is, is that he exploited a guy who I think. Had a little bit of a weakness in the grappling department that maybe we we all overlooked in Yusuf Zalal. Like he gave up a couple of takedowns to Jordan Griffin, he gave up one to Austin Lingo. And not that we're here to break up break down Yusuf Zalal, but I'm interested to see, do you think Ilya Tapuria could take down Damon Jackson, or do you think that that's not a route he even has available?
1: Yeah, I do because I like his I like his transitional wrestling. You know, a lot of the fights I watched in uh Brave FC and some of his earlier fights, he does have good transitional wrestling. Um, he can strike into takedowns. So yeah, I could see both guys, um, you know, trying to go for the takedown, but I think it's more likely that Jackson is going to be one trying for takedowns and, uh, Topori is going to be defending and looking to stand and bang. But yeah, I definitely think there is a possibility he could take him down.
0: So we're in this position where we're at the end of this, uh, round. So, or at the end of this fight rather, and I got to ask you, so you think Jackson's going to wrestle? Do you think it's effective enough for him to get the W here?
1: I don't. I'm going to go with uh, Taporia, but like I said, I really love this fight. I'm very high on both of them, and uh, I think the grappling and the striking exchanges could both be effective, but I'm going to take Taporia by decision.
0: And we're going to differ again on this one. I can't believe we're doing three for three. (laughs) Maybe we'll do the whole damn card. I'm going to go with Damon Jackson in this one. I I like his ability – to, to look for the sub, especially in the top game. And I think he gets enough of that to at least get a decision. And if not, wear out to Perea, who I don't think has fought a grappler like Damon Jackson. And speaking of grappling, that, that brings us to our next fight, which is Jimmy Flick versus Cody Durden. Jimmy Flick making his UFC debut at 15 and 5. He got to the UFC with a third round arm triangle over Nate Smith. Durden, meanwhile, made his UFC debut back in August in a draw with Chris Gutierrez, where he picked up a 10-8 first round, but then lost the second and third rounds. In that fight, Durden scored two takedowns, looked pretty good on the mat, that looked like the mode he wanted to take, kind of tired out, didn't get him late. Is that a mode he wants to take with somebody who grapples like Jimmy Flick?
1: Yeah, I, I do, because Durden, I think, at the end of the day, is is a very good wrestler. His striking, definitely needs a little bit of work. But, uh, yeah, he's a grinder, he's a striker, and, man, if you're a fan of grappling and wrestling exchanges, this is the fight for you, because Jimmy Flick himself has very good wrestling. I think sl- um, Flick is the more slick grappler, but, yeah, I think I think Durden is going to come out and want to wrestle, and I think it's going to uh, produce a lot of fun exchanges.
0: Yeah, and the interesting thing for me, you're, you're 100% right, Flick is super slick, which is very fun to say as well. Yeah, hard to say. <laughs> but in addition to that, like, The interesting thing to me is that Durden was so tired after dominating that first round against Gutierrez. I think if Flick is able to survive that first round like Gutierrez did, it's not just winning the second round for him and it's not just winning the third round for him that winds up with a draw or a two round decision there. But like, I think he is the type of guy who would go out there and finish Durden in those times where Durden's tired or Durden can't finish his takedowns. So I guess the the question for you is, do you think Durden fixed some of those cardio issues or do you think he's even successful enough that he doesn't have to worry about him? Uh, I don't, man. I, I really like Jimmy Flick's ground game.
1: Like I see, he's a slick grappler. He's got great chokes. Um, He likes those long arm chokes like the Darcy's. He's got a really good arm triangle choke. And yeah, I think he finds one somewhere in this fight. Because like I said, it's going to be a a I think a grind with the wrestling in the early rounds. But yeah, I, I like uh flick by submission late maybe like second or third round on a tired durden
0: well we're finally gonna agree on one too because i could not agree with you more I, i like him here and if i'm gonna go super specific i'm gonna take him by late guillotine too when durden starts getting too tired puts his head on the wrong side just one time and that's really all it takes against jimmy flick so i'm gonna take flick again late second early third round submission victory and that's gonna do it for the end of our second round we'll be right back with the last two fights in round number three Hey guys, I just want you to hear what subscribers are saying about AJ's action Pack because this comes from listener George and I couldn't agree more with George. But let me, let me tell you what George said. George says that he's been following AJ for several months and AJ is ultra impressive, but honestly, it's more than his winning selections and his return on investment that are the reasons why he follows. His breakdowns and understandings of matchups are what impressed me the most. It can be hard to separate out your emotions and your favorite fighters in this crazy fight game, but AJ seems to be able to really objectively break down each fight with pinpoint accuracy and without letting emotions get in the way. He comes highly recommended in my book. And George, we completely agree with you. He comes highly recommended in our book. We think you'll love him if you check him out at Com. we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Matt Wyman versus Jordan Levitt. So Wyman was gone out of the UFC for five years. He returned, got TKO'd by Violent Bob Ross, and then got beat by Joe Selecki by decision. So not a real great run since he's been back. Jordan Levitt, meanwhile, 7-0, making his debut. He won by arm triangle in the first round against Luke Flores on contender series. Very, very new guy, right? It's only 7-0. He's a younger guy. My question to you here is that Levitt seems like the guy who's got the submission game, right? He, He looks damn good on the mat every time it hits the mat. Does Wyman have enough wrestling left in him to keep this on the feet? And is that the avenue for him to win this?
1: Man, I really don't know, and I've always been kind of fascinated with Matt Wyman, and he's an, he's an interesting cat, and I think both of these guys are pretty interesting in their own ways, but, uh, you know, Matt Wyman, yeah, he took, what, five years off and literally, like, fell off the face of the earth, and then he came back and fought two uh, pretty damn tough matches and didn't get the show a whole lot, so it's kind of hard to answer that question. Like, yeah, back in the day, Matt Wyman was a very good wrestler, but at this point in his career, you don't really know where his head is at. Uh, I really don't know how to answer it, man.
0: Yeah, it's such a hard... I I hate breaking down the fact that he's fighting right now, too, because we look at those two fights, right, and he got manhandled by Luis Pena, who, like, certainly no shame in that. The guy's a stud. And then they give him a bigger stud, possibly, in Joe Selecki. Like, I'm higher on Joe Selecki than I am on Luis Pena. So he has a tough outing, and then you give him a tougher outing, like, to follow it up right away. It's just miserable to even think about that. And, And, you know, like... The last fight you have to go off of that, he fought Isaac Valley flag, which is like a hundred years ago at this point. So yeah, I'm having a tough time deciding, but the the fact that, you know, he has conceded, I'm pretty sure all of the takedowns that have been attempted on him since he's been back certainly doesn't give me loads of hope. I I mean, like maybe he stuffed one of them, but it doesn't give me loads of hope against the guy who's got great finishing ability in Jordan Levitt. Levit here, just for those of you who are interested, is a huge favorite in this fight. I'm not sure I love him as a huge favorite, um, but I am definitely going to go with him here. I'm going to say he gets the finish, too, by submission, uh, although Matt Wyman has never been subbed, which is worth noting. Uh, who do you got in this one, and how do you got him? Yeah, I
1: think you bring up all good, valid points. And, again, yeah, Levit is a – again, it's another tough matchup for him to come back to. I really like Levitt. Uh Very good ground specialist, but, like I said, I like Matt Wyman a lot. I don't know how he does it, but I'm going Matt Wyman. Uh, somehow, some way, I think he finds a win here.
0: All right, four out of five differences, and let's end it with the ultimate prelim primer fight to break down, and that
1: is yeah, buddy,
0: heavyweights Jake Collier versus John Volante. That's right, heavyweights Jake Collier and John Volante. Collier took three years away from the octagon. He came back. Very big, uh, having come up all the way from middleweight to light heavyweight, then to heavyweight, and he got knocked out by Tom Aspinall pretty, pretty terribly. Volante, meanwhile, had a year and a half away. He came back, also pretty damn big, uh, and he lost to Maurice Green in one of the weirdest chokes from the bottom that I've seen in some time. It looked like Maurice Green had no <laughs> leverage whatsoever. Yeah, nothing. He, he had nothing. It, it looked like it was one of those guys just squeezing your head in the gym, uh, and he got the tap anyway, so... I guess my question to you here is which of these two physique changes from Collier or Volante worries you the most in a fight where they're fighting basically a guy who went through the same exact thing.
1: I'm i uh, I'm kind of mad that I don't know if you watched the Tyson fight this weekend, but Snoop Dogg made the uh, dad and uncle fighting at the barbecue joke that I've been saying for years now. <laughs> I can't really go with it, but uh, yeah, man, this is a complete like slot fest, you know, Budweiser chugging, throwing hands in a parking lot or a backyard. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> both physique changes are not for the better, right? It's not like they're cutting a bunch of weight and getting in shape. These guys are going the other ways, but, uh, man, more power to them. I think they're just having fun. Uh, I actually grappled on the card, not to get too off topic, with John Volante. He just seemed like a really good, fun, nice dude. Uh, so I'm going to go with John Volante with your
0: question. I think his physique change is going to benefit him a little better. I think it benefits him better too because uh, while while Jean Valente it's not a good physique change. We we can stress that he he does still look strong. I I will say that because he took down Maurice Green right, like he took him down in the third round even. So like there is some strength there with Jake Collier. It really looked like a lot of his muscle was gone in that fight. And sure, you know you can't see everything under like big giant bellies, right? Like Roy Nelson is actually a very strong dude too, and you can't ever see it. But, like, he looked like a lot of his strength was zapped. And, and for me, that's kind of alarming. I think the big dad bod on John Vellante, like you said, he's a fun dude. If you've ever seen him at a UFC fight, the dude looks like he's having more fun at that event than Absolutely. Any, anybody else. He's in the front row hanging out with L.A. Quinta doing wild things. So, yeah, I, I think John Vellante, it, the, the physique change is probably a little less concerning than Jake Collier. I'm also going to take him here. I'm going to take him by knockout. Did you pick how you see him winning? Yeah, I'm going to go
1: by knockout, man. And, and at the end of the day, he's fought some great competitors, you know, throughout his career. He hasn't won them all, but uh, he's fought some great fighters. So, yeah, I'm taking him by, uh, man, maybe like a second round. Both guys gas and he just throws a bungalow that hits the right spot and knocks him out. I'm going uh, Vellante by a knockout as well.
0: I love it, and I hope it lasts at least two rounds for us to see those guys slowing throwing sloppy bungalows the whole time. So and that's going to do it for the end of our third round. We gave you guys six fights in just a little bit over 15 minutes. We hope you guys learned something and hopefully picked up a tip or two in case you're gambling or playing daily fantasy sports on this one. I want to thank my co-host, Chase Kurt, or Kurt Chase Patrick rather uh, from the Fixed Fight Podcast with Kurt and Ben. Kurt, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Of course, man. Anytime. Always appreciate the invite.